Hi, hi, hi. Welcome to Employee of the Month. In this episode, I sat down with one of my favorite authors, John Ronson. He is the author of The Psychopath Test, Men Who Stare at Goats, Frankie, and so many others. You can check out his work at johnronson.com. He's also a frequent contributor to This American Life and The Guardian. And most of his works have been turned into films as well. Before he started writing books, he was a documentary filmmaker. And his infectious wit, wisdom, insight and sensitivity are just palpable in all of his works. You'll get a taste for him in our interview. Enjoy my interview with Mr. John Ronson. Please welcome Mr. John Ronson. psychopath test I just was curious have you ever had a boss who was a psychopath yes I have but that's not why I wrote the book and and also the book's a cautionary tale to not start diagnosing people willy-nilly as psychopaths as as um, much fun as that is Um, and why is that in addition to just safety reasons uh, I mean um, because it's it's sort of corrosive it's morally corrosive to start um, to start labeling people by their maddest edges, I think is you know it's what society does all the time. It's what you know. It's what television is based on. It's you know television is basically troubled people being booed. And um, but you also talk about as a journalist that that's something that even in the documentary films that you did and and yeah. in the books that one of the I found the most interesting parts of your book was talking about how you as a journalist will um, you know. Yeah put in the most scintillating details yeah. and not necessarily um, the ones that are more yeah, yeah, yeah. balanced and uh, even keeled. So yeah. you'll show people just in their harshest edges. It's not just television that does that. Yeah, I think so. I think we, we it's what my friend Adam Curtis, the documentary maker, said to me. We, we go around the world with our notepads in our hands and we wait for the gems and the gems are always the outermost aspects of that person's personality, the things that would be defined in the DSM as mental disorders, and then we stitch together the gems like weird tapestry makers, and we all know that what we do is odd, and none of us talk about it. Um, so that's really so that's why I'm always reluctant. You know, you can imagine over the last few years, I've I've been asked so many times whether you know Lance Armstrong's a psychopath or you know whoever, and, and the reason why I always kind of resist doing it is is that I I think it's you know it kind of brings all of society down when we start. Um, diagnosing people by by their furthest edges. Um, since since that is how you also made a career for yourself, it's just. <laughs> I mean, that's the problem. Because people like it, you know. I, I um, um, <laughs> that wasn't the problem I, I was looking at. It was more no, like you're talking about other people doing it, but it is also something that yeah. you have made a career. Yeah, for and, doing. and people love it. And in fact, when I was on, I was on a sort of morality <laughs> thing about this, and, and I made a documentary for British Television about this this course that teaches agnostics to become born again Christians called the Alpha Course. And I was so like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to sort of you know portray these people you know as caricatures. I'm going to portray them as nice, lovely human beings. That. Everybody hated the documentary and Channel 4, you know, because it was so boring. And, and Channel 4 never commissioned another film of, uh, out of me. So, so, yeah, that's the downside. Well, and so how do, you, how do you balance those things? I mean, you stopped doing as many documentary films and started focusing on books more, mm-hmm. it seems like. Is that... Yeah. I mean, I think you've got to leave everybody. I think you have to... Whoever you're interviewing, you've got to leave them 
knowing that their dignity is intact, even if they're terrible people. So let's just uh, check in. How's your dignity feeling right now? Right. <laughs> just because I'm interviewing. No, you. I think you I think this is fine. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, but it's it's hard, right? Because you don't want to be like po-faced. You don't want to be boring, but at the same time, you don't want to contribute, you know, to a society that that's all about you know ridiculing. So so it's, yeah, it's a hard it's a hard thing to you have to kind of every day you have to sort of try and get that balance right. And I imagine there's even more pressure today for journalists because the industry is hurting so much to stand out and for people to say we need John Ronson to cover this story and therefore to have some edge to it. Do you feel pressured to um, to be to be looked for, to have people be like, we need John Ronson on this story? <laughs> uh, uh, um, no. No. <laughs> if you, um, no, I Seems mean, like if you, you know, there's, a, there's, I mean, there's good stories out there. But I'm sorry, that's terrible. I'm sorry, nothing. What are you apologizing for? Because I, because I didn't quite understand the question. And, oh, and I, I guess my question was if, if you felt an... Mm. A need as a journalist to stand out to make sure that your byline oh, was that you got you know that you were popular that your books were selling that your uh, movies were in demand so that you could get hired f- to do more work. I guess, but I've been doing it. I mean, I'm I've, I'm been doing it for like 25 years now. So, like so the if answer I wasn't, is no. I do not. Feel well, if pressure. I wasn't standing out <laughs> by now, I'd be kind of fucked because I've been doing it so long. <laughs> it's like you can't you know hang around this long and you know not quit if you're not standing out a bit. So I'm sort of all right. I mean, luckily. I mean, you know, the psychopath test did well and, and uh, you know, and so on. Um, and I wanted to add, well, all of them have done well. The Men Who Stare at Goats, Stare Goats is a film and you have a, a new film coming out in, in January. Uh-huh. I've written a film um, called Frank uh, about a man who wears a big fake head that he never takes off. And uh, it's uh, starring Michael Fassbender and, and with underneath the big fake head that he never takes and off. And it's premiering at Sundance. It's premiering at Sundance in January. Um, it's funny going on the Michael Fassbender fan sites because they're all going like, what, he never takes off the big fake head. It's like <laughs> when they release stills, like they released a still from like 12 years, a st- 12 years a slave with Michael Fassbender looking kind of chiseled and beautiful. And all the people on the fan sites were going, oh my God, you know, like discussing it. And then they released a still from Frank. And it's basically a stupid cartoon face. I'm not, uh, I'm not sure what's more disturbing, you going onto all of these fan sites uh, <laughs> or the fact that 12 years of a slave, people are talking about how cute he is. That's what they got. I think they hadn't seen the film. This then. breakthrough film. Yeah. No, I love going America. on the Fassbender fan sites. You like going on those sites? Yeah, I used to go on the George Clooney <laughs> fan sites too when, when, they, when they filmed the Minnesota Goats. Because I, 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 they started filming it that the day they started filming. I wonder whether Piper actually, you know, sort of spends all her time on the set. Cause on the fan sites? Well, on the set, because basically I was at home in London and the day they started filming the Minnesota Goats, I was looking at these kind of paparazzi pictures of George Clooney sitting in the hotel in Puerto Rico and like playing basketball with his friends. And I thought that they are having unimaginable fun and I'm sitting here like a tiny man in my in my and I created this and 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 I'm in I'm in this tiny tiny office and over there in Port so I found up Peter Strawn the screenwriter and I said I'm I I feel almost depressed and I and I think the only way to get myself out of this funk is for us to go to Puerto Rico so we phoned up the um, film producer and said can we come and he said well if you pay for your flight uh, we'll put you up in the hotel so I went there and I'm expecting I, I don't know I expected like, yeah, I everyone like 
damn sick. Or, you know, I, I, everyone was kind of miserable. It was like, you know, they'd just been working like 16 hour days on the set and they're all kind of, you know, it was, it was, it was overly humid and everyone was kind of bored. And, and it really kind of made me feel, I thought my, my life is not necessarily massively worse than George Clooney's life. Um, and, it was the greatest feeling ever, and then I and then I met him again at the premiere, and you know you know you see him like on the red carpet, like in Venice on the Lido and the boats and everything. To get to the red carpet and the Lido and the boats, he has to spend ages in the in the urine-filled back alley, where which is just full of like. Dirty Wait, forks. I'm sorry. How did you get there? I don't think you um, guys at all have to spend. I, I found this really sorry. Then. I found this really interesting. The fact that you know that that for for like five minutes on the red carpet, there's like 45 minutes in the back alley. You know, yeah. Okay. <laughs> sorry, I should have stopped just before that. It's like the green room. I like that he but had a moment in his life where he was in a back alley and not on a red carpet. So if it's 45 I was in a back alley with George Clooney. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do want to show... I look forward to being in a back alley with Michael Fassbender <laughs> in January. It is. It's, it's, it's sweet to see how starstruck um, you get as a serious journalist. Um, you guys, please give a warm, warm hand to Mr. John Ronson. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Employee of the Month. I'm your host, Katie Lazarus. Thank you so much to Ian Mazoff for editing this together. Thank you to my co-host, Lady, who has been um, snoring relatively quietly during this episode, so you haven't had to hear my dog. And thanks to all of you for listening. Do go to employeeofthemonthshow.com to subscribe, to nominate someone, get involved, and find out about our live productions and donate. If you enjoyed the episode, please, please, please do leave a very nice note on iTunes. It's much appreciated. And much more importantly, hope you are getting some inspiration or some (laughs) cathartic feeling from listening to these interviews, learning new things, and either applying them to your life or just enjoying it as it is. Because sometimes it's enough to just be. Thank you. That's it. I'm Katie Lazarus. Have a good one.